Hi, hello folks. This is Duke Fakir. Well, my real name is Abdul Fakir. I've been known as Duke for, ever since I can remember. The, the name comes from Dukey, but when I found it to school, I said, that ain't gonna work. So, <laughs> so I changed it to Duke right away. So ever since then, I've been Duke to most folks. Uh, I'm glad to be on this show. You know, I, I'd like people to know about the Tops and you know the wonderful life that we've been given to live and how hard we work and how hard we work to, to get there. And of course, folks, well, let's rock. I'm ready for rocking. You know that. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, this is uh, this is a lot of special things coming together today. And I think that the power of social media uh, finally met the power of music and. As a 42-year-old, uh, I can tell you that um, there's not a lot of things that give me goosebumps. And um, by the, the, you know, again, just the world kind of working in my favor. A little over a year ago, I had one of the most special moments of my entire life where I met Duke and his son, my wife and I, um, where technically our daughter, who was in my wife's stomach at the time, her first concert ever was the Four Tops and the Temptations. And... Um, and, and literally, and so this hangs in the middle of our house, and Duke was kind enough to sign this for me and to bring it full circle. Uh, his son, who is an up-and-coming producer and singer and involved in all sorts of uh, entrepreneurial endeavors from music to everything else you can imagine, uh, they were kind enough to go and allow me to share uh, part of Duke's story today, where um, we're going to kind of dig deep and, and, and learn about it. But I just want you to know that this is truly a highlight of my entire life. And as a young kid, um, I felt music differently. And I loved the fact that I could connect to doo-wop and to Motown, which led to hip-hop and R&B and rap. But um, this really is one of the most uh, incredible moments of my entire life to be able to share uh, time with you today. And so... And it's, it's really my pleasure, believe me. Yes, sir. Um, and so I, I want to make sure everybody gets introduced to you, uh, you know, kind of the way I did, other than just through song and through lyric and through the power of feeling. But uh, Duke is a is a Detroit guy. And you all that know anything about Detroit, that's Motown, that's Motortown. And through the power of people like Barry Gordy and Smokey Robinson and Duke and Otis Williams and David Ruffin and Diana Ross and little Stevie Wonder and everything, Duke was part of a group of people that changed that changed music. Uh, forever. And, and today we're going to spend some time just hearing about his impact, ranging from him being a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductee. He's got a book that came out. He's got his own musical coming out. He's got every Lifetime Achievement Award under the sun, but I know his most proud accomplishment is being a father. And so, uh, and maybe even a Lions fan. As someone who lives in Dallas, I love seeing the, the Lions love. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm a true Lions but, fan. Well, look, I, yeah, have, but, I have been so blessed to live the life that I have in, in, in this entertainment world, which is really an up and down, kind of fickle sometime world, but it's been very stable for us once we really got started. For nine years, we worked very hard, um, you know, trying to build a name, trying to get records out. Uh, and it took us nine years before we got to Motown. When I thought about it, all I had to do was walk around the corner <laughs> when I started. It, which was back in 1954. Mm. Uh, but ever since, what, what was your, huh? No, no, please go ahead. Um, yeah, we started in 1954. We joined Motown in 63. And, and once we joined, I, my life really started changing. 
uh, Barry Gordy is a very, he's a very visionary kind of guy. And he had the ability to make that vision come true, probably even greater than he thought. Um, hmm. a great guy with big vision, you know, and he, he, he's done a lot. A lot of people think he's kind of hard on him and this, that, and that. Uh, he, to me, he's uh, he's my mentor, you know, because I've seen him, when, hmm. you know, when he started. We knew him when he started. We didn't join him when he started. Uh, he was a cameraman in the nightclubs that we was working around. So we knew him, mm-hmm. and he's also one of the writers for Jackie Wilson, which uh, is Levi's cousin. So we know we knew. Oh, him. I didn't know that. Now, a lot of people don't know that Jackie Wilson and Levi are first cousins. Uh, uh, wow! And Barry was a good songwriter, and that's how we that's how we met. I, I knew him well before he came to Motown, but he, he he's done such a great job. I mean, he's built that. From just a little hole in the wall to a world, a world business, you know, probably one of the best growth businesses that ever, you know, from coming where yeah. he came from, starting with for what he started, and he had this vision, and he just kept, and he always got the right people. That's what's good about him, you know. He didn't do everything himself. He made sure he had the right people, talented, to help do what need to be done. Um, the vice president of Motown was Barney Ailes, who was head of promotion and sales. Uh, and I watched him work one day. We was up there talking to him because one of his promotion men went to high school with me, you know. So we was all good friends, and I was watching him promote and how he sold records. It was amazing. He would talk to the distributor and say, yeah, I think we need about 15000 He said, no, you don't. I say, I'm sending you thirty, and I don't want anything back. And that's the way, mm. and and they would sell it, you know. Uh, that's when Motown was wow. really growing to be a national, really a national uh, company. With, and that's another thing about Barry and, and Motown. They weren't just selling records. They were building stars. And that's what he was trying to do. You know, he would take you, when you put a record out, now most of them, most of those back then, had not really been traveling or were in, in the business like the Four Tops had been. So there's a school across the street that he started called Artist Development. Over there, whatever, whatever kind of group you are or soloist, you can get the advice of how to put your show together, the type of dress you should wear, and how to, for ladies, how to eat properly at, at guest tables, how to dress properly. It was a real growth program, you know. Uh, a lot of those things, we, we, we could skip more. We could skip a lot of those classes because we had been out <laughs> in business and, and we knew. And and one thing we knew, that the power of four staying together was much stronger than any one of us. And that's what we started out believing, thinking, and we did that. And we stayed for 44 years together before the first one started passing and going home. But they left such a great legacy, and I'm just happy and proud that I'm left to help keep that legacy alive. And I feel uh, humbly grateful that I am the one to do that. You know, because my story, when I tell the story, and it's in the book, and when when you see it in the musical, it's all positive, because it's all about love. It's about love between four men that stood together through thick and thin, about the blessings we had moving along 
And the people that helped us, which were many, you can't can never repay some of them back because a lot of them not here. All I can just say, tell them now is thank you, and we appreciate it too. Mm. So you know, we were helped along the way, even though when we started, I'm saying this out of just truth and honesty, not big head, but we knew we had all the material that it take to be in the criteria to be a world famous group. But we was thinking only America by the end when we were kids. We knew we could be a top group in America. We knew we could sing well. We knew we looked well. We knew how to dress well. And we had that force of the four of us working together, even though Levi was always out there in front. But he wouldn't have it any other way. He liked being a part of the group. He he was offered all kind of money and different things to go on his own. And he turned them all down, you know. He looked at them like they was crazy. And then he talked to them wow. like they was crazy. Look, man, he said, I'm famous enough. I don't need your shit. Blah, blah, blah. And, you know, uh, very honest, yeah. but very true. And, and a real gentleman and a real artist. Mm. So in those nine wow. years, we learned how to stage our stuff. We were entertainers even before we were known as singers, you know. Even though we could sing any kind of music. Jazz, pop, four part, uh, four freshman type harmony, uh, doo wop, whatever. Uh, Lawrence Payton, one of the original members of the Tops, had a musical ear that was phenomenal. Uh, it was as, hmm. it was as though he was a professor of music. I mean, he knew all the chords, hmm. all the passing chords, and he just knew how to put those songs together. And and he helped enhance our ear as well. I was the one that. What up? Yeah, he, 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 a lot of people. He was like Quiet Storm. A lot of people didn't know he really created the four top sound. Uh, hmm. And when, when Holland Dozier and Holland started producing us, they realized that you know. And, but they they were great producers too. They knew how to bring the best out of the four tops. Believe me. But they would always talk to Lawrence about certain things and movements. And he would chip in a little bit. And he always helped them as they helped us. And it was just amazing, amazing uh, companionship. And it still is. Because they're they writing yeah. about six songs from my musical, Holland and Holland. Uh, sorry to hear my good wow. friend Lamont passed away. And him and I were yeah. like this, buddies. We were, we were hang out buddies after studio time. You know, we went out to the nightclubs and, you know. That was our day, mm-hmm. you know. So now I'm just touring, you know, keeping that keeping that stage thing alive, us and Temptations. You know, we work together mm-hmm. probably 75% of, of our dates, of the top dates are with uh, Otis and the Temps. And we talk about it. And we've been doing that since 1983. So My gosh. next year it'll be how many years? 30 or 40? This year, 40. 40, yeah. Yeah, this year. That's right. Yeah. This is 23 now. <laughs> yeah, 40. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and we're great friends, no. but we're great competitors, too. That's why the show is good. People enjoy seeing it. Uh, we really yeah, they, work they, hard. They opened up for y'all. Hmm? Say it again. When we saw you in Dallas, the temps opened for Four Tops. And so they, they got they got the stage warm for you. Every, every, every night we change. 
Tonight we open. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, every other night. Oh, cool. Every other night we reopen, and every other night we close. You know, so I, mean, I love it. It's, it's a completely equal kind of partnership that we've enjoyed. Great friends, you know, and of course they're great artists. Yeah. We love them, no doubt about it. But it just shows when 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 love love is always to me the answer. Bringing people together in love and harmony. Uh, that's just been our theme, you know, and it starts from family, from in the house family. And you take that, we take yes, that, I've I taken it anyway, outside into my world. Everything I do, or have been, that's have been any successful, has been involved with a family type thing. Motown was family. Four tops are family. Um, when I do my music, I'm doing my musical. It's family. All these people... Uh, I passed over a lot of professionals just for these people that were so warm, God-fearing, and really understood what the story truly was about and what is to bring out in the story of the tops. And we want people to know that it was a kindred shit. You know, we were men, real men, you know, with strong families, but we love and respect each other. You know, and we learned to live together for 44 years in joy. I mean, we had so much fun uh -huh. together. It was ridiculous. So, uh, wow, it's been great, man. Do you mind if I go ahead? Do you, do you mind if I ask a couple a couple questions to you? Please do. I'm tired of talking. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, no, it's it's. I'm just I'm sitting here just trying not to. I don't know if you remember this either, but when I met you and Otis, I started crying. Oh, and wow. um, <laughs> literally, and and my wife still kind of brings this up because Otis said I've met and you were with him. He goes, I've met a mm -hmm. lot of women. I've made a lot of women cry, but you're the first man I've ever seen cry. And um, so just, just again, just the, mm. the, the authenticity of this, um, it, it's a true calling. And I, and I talk to your son all, all the time, and I tell him, I was like, there's no end game for this. I, I just feel like, you know, the preserving what is great. And you talk about love, and you talk about camaraderie, and you talk about companionship and healthy competition. Mm -hmm. I don't think that really exists anymore. And I think whether it's in business, whether it's in music, whether it's in education i think what y'all did on top of that to help bridge the gap between you know the, the end of, of of racism and stuff that was so much more important than music the four tops and the temptations were at the forefront of this yeah which you know people people have to realize the importance y'all play just in culture in general and, and, and so i want to make sure i'm asking you questions that this lives on forever long after both of us are, are, are here, but as far as Duke and, and music, what, what was your first memory of music that you knew you had a gift and you may, maybe you had the vision to be a part of a group that became Hall of Famers and every, like I said, every award under the sun, but what was your first memory of, of music? Well, let me tell you about the concept. I've always thought, and I passed it on with the guys because of a couple of really good reasons that had. We started out, we were like street guys, but the moment we started singing together, we realized that there was something greater than the things that we were doing. And immediately, we decided right there on the spot that this is a group. I mean, everybody had plans. I had a scholarship to go to college to play basketball. Uh, Lawrence had, uh, a, a, he was working on a musical, uh, some kind of musical school that he wanted to attend. And Opie Benson, uh, he hadn't made up his mind, but he was thinking about going to college. And Levi, 
He said, the man, all I want to do is sing. <laughs> that, was his, that was his only words about the future. So we came together, and there was a couple of things that happened and right after our first engagement where uh, I had to call my mama because I had, I had left home to go get some milk, and I didn't come back for a year. We started started rehearsing, and we actually moved in with Rinaldo Obi Benson, all of us except Lawrence, and he ended up right down the street. But we ended up living with with him, and because we would rehearse and rehearse, and we sang our little things. And one day I thought, I said, "Damn, man, I'm supposed to bring my mama some milk." So I called her. On our second engagement, we were in Cleveland. I said, "Mom, uh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in, I'm in Cleveland." She said, "What you doing?" I said, I'm, "I'm singing. We've got a wonderful group, man." She said, "Duke, you all singing that devil's music?" I said, "No, Mama, we just singing music." She said, "No, no, no, you singing devil's music. If you ain't singing that church music, you ain't singing. That's trash." I said, "Mama, it's not like that." She said, "Look." She said, do you remember how to pray? I said, of course, Mom. I, I pray every day. When I wake up and when I go to sleep, ever ever so thankful. She said, well, you get on your knees or wherever you pray, and you ask God what you're supposed to do. And whatever that answer is, he said, I, I, she said, I'll go with it, but I guarantee you he ain't going to say the same. <laughs> you know, I said, well, I did. I went to my room we all had in Cleveland, my own little one room, about as big as the, the bed, and that was about the size of it. And I fell asleep praying. And the window was open because wow. it was very hot. And all of a sudden, the window came closed. Bam! Just like that, and it woke me up. But in my dream, I had had a dream of the four of us in silver silk jackets, bow tie, sharp as we could be. And we were singing in the still of the night. And it was wow. great how it sounded and how it looked. And that woke me up. So I said, oh, shoot. The Lord just showed me exactly what I'm supposed to do. So I went to all the rooms and knocked on the rooms. And we stood in the hallway. And we hugged each other. And we made a pact that we know that this is what we should we should do. She said, dude, we, we believe you because we know you've always been a religious guy, even though sometimes you're a crook. <laughs> Uh, and so they, they, they believed and we bought into, say, look, whatever it is, we're going to stay together until we get where we think we should be. And we all said, well, you know, where we should be is where the best groups are, are wherever that is. And that was our, that was our not tying, you know, between each other. And we made that pledge mm-hmm. and we kept that pledge to the day we died. And we found out that even the songs, all our songs are mostly love songs, you know. So we're, yeah, we, it's like spreading love through music. And the greatest thing, which you mentioned, we did were part of. The greatest thing I think we ever did was we were part of the movement civil rights. And we felt back that that at that time our music was being played in places where. Black music was never being played, and people were enjoying it. And on television, we made sure we looked the part, as as all the Motown artists did. They wanted to look the part to show people, we are just entertainers, you know. We, 
we you know we don't color music black we sing songs songs that you all could make you know uh, I don't even like to be even though I am a R&B I'm just we're just a good group you know it, see R&B puts you in that means you're black that's all it means but we sing all kinds of songs you know but anyway that's the way of the world which we've contended with and we've contended with traveling through the south in the early days which was horrible uh, but the next week we might be at the uh, playing uh, the penthouse on TV, you know. Uh, so we had ups and downs, overs and unders, but we approached it all the same. We just looked at the people, enjoyed the way they looked at us, respected us, and enjoyed our music, which was what we were about. And that was and that was it. And and now after all these years, so I've been on stage. This year would make it 69 years, 69 wonderful years, which is hard for me to believe because it doesn't seem that long. And I know I only might have another year or two in me for staging, and not not the stage part, the singing. I I think I can do as long as I can talk, but it's the travel that we have to do. Uh, You know, moving from city to city. You know, from airplane to bus to bus to ride to this and check in the hotel, wait to get the key. I mean, those things I'm getting tired of, but I'm never getting tired of being yeah. on stage. So last year, I made a statement that I would retire sometime in 23. And when I looked at it, I said, now, Duke, when you retire, what you going to do? Sit on your ass and just sit. That's all, because I don't go nowhere anymore. I don't do nothing. I can't do nothing that much. I can't play basketball. I can't this. I can't that. Watch TV. And I eat. And I said, no, dude, you don't want to go out like that <laughs> on the couch. So I said, no, I think I would go out on the stage uh, or going to a stage. Because that's what I love doing. So, so I, I'm rethinking my retirement days, you know. And I don't know. It's a wonderful life I've lived. I've lived the American dream. Yeah, where are you today? What city are you in? We are in New Orleans. Yesterday we played Mobile, and tomorrow we play, wow. uh, what, is it Montgomery? or no, Jackson, Mississippi. We're right down here in the general yeah. area of uh, Louisiana and Mississippi for these four, four, four concerts. Then we're home for wow. a few days, then we're out to Galveston, Texas. And then after that, we're going to be a part of a certain part of the Grammys where Smokey and Barry Gordy are being honored. It's like a lifetime achievement. And it's done by Music Care, which is one of the, like one of the biggest events, as, as big as the televised Grammys. You know, it might be, like, it's about 12 artists that's going to perform that. It'll be us, The Temptations. Uh, Stevie Wonder, Cheryl Crow, wow. uh, Lionel Richie. I mean, wow. You know, artists that's been around most of the time. You know, honoring them. Yeah. You know, and and Smokey, he, he needs to be honored just like Barry because he was at the beginning with Barry. They were like partners. He was doing most of the writing, and you know, he's full of love. You know, he write love songs and for himself and and for others. Uh, so it's. It's just been a wonderful world. It really has. Yeah. And we hope that our music and the lives that we live and how we've been through 
all these years that people look at it and and see love there, you know, because love is needed. The book talks about it in, in the way it's done and in all the different ways that love is presented in the book from all kinds of zip codes. And in the musical, it's even another, it's another dimension because it's the lyrics, it's the visual, and then there's that great music. Uh, so we're very, I'm very excited about our next step, you know. But I, I just don't know how long I'm gonna keep saying it. It still feels good. That's all I can say. Mm. Yeah, don't listen. Don't don't stop. We we need it, and I think the world needs love now. Yes, you yes. know more than ever. And I and, and I think that you know when you think about Motown, the the four top sound, the Temps, early Stevie Wonder, etc. You know, these songs are under three minutes and they're the message is so clear. And over the course of time, I feel like music, unfortunately, just kind of drowned out the just the soulful feeling of, you know, whoever it was, whether it was y'all or Frankie Lyman or, you know, the, the temps, et cetera. Yeah, um, yes. But yeah, I was uh, describe music in one word. What is what does music mean to you? If you had to capture the power of music in one word, what would it be? Music. Music is love. That's it. That's it. That's music it. It spreads love. It spreads bring people together. So music is, is is to me love. It's all those things that love do. You know, it, it brings people. It bring it brings hearts together. Bring minds together. Uh, it bring men and girls together. You know, uh, and to me, it brings yes, us sir. us and the world together. So, yes, sir. That's it. Yes, sir. Well, this is why I wanted to spend time with you. And as mm -hmm. a busy man, as a rock and roll hall of fame inductee, as a lifetime achievement award, as a Grammy winner, as a father, as a husband, I want to thank you uh, on behalf of everybody, uh, generations to come for loving us through the power of music and for giving us the gift of your time today. I promise you, I will cherish this forever. Uh, let's be sure to support your son as well, Duke Jr., and his endeavors. He's been a dear friend and has a lot of amazing things around the corner. So uh, thank you very much. I love you. I love, I love you also, and I want to thank you for having me on so I can share, you know, some of my thoughts about the business, about how wonderful this business is and how much, how much I've loved it and how much the business has loved us. It's, you know, I, like I say, I've lived the American dream, and it's and it's great from where I come from, you know, it, it was a house full of love, but it was a, it was a hole in the wall, basically. And to sprout from that to be recognized and heard throughout the world is just absolutely more than, well, it's got to be a hand other greater than us that had a part in this. I'll put it like that. But I thank Amen. the people and thank you. Thank them for, for still hanging with the four tops. And look, and you and I, well, we'll talk again. How's that? When I'm off the road, I'd love to. When I'm at home, really chilling out, you know, we can go a couple of hours. Don't, I don't mind. <laughs> don't, don't tempt me. I'll be there. Okay. All I'll right, Roger. Take care. Well, thank you. Appreciate it.